Howdy, howdy! Why, hello, probats. <laughs> and welcome to... Bullet with Aliens. Alright, you can do it. Ah. Uh, that voice is more on point than you realise, having no idea what we're going to cover, but... This is the Extraterrestrial Comedy Podcast, where we probe paranormal shenanigans to determine whether the source of those shenanigans really was paranormal. I'll be hosting today's episode, and my name is Kev. Alongside me, with no idea as to what's coming up, is Mr. Granville Moonwalker. Well, usually the co-host would have no idea, but today, Mr. Moonwalker may have a slight idea once he learns what we are covering, for Mr. Moonwalker knows the end of this story. Well, not the end, but the bit before the end that you'd think was the end if you didn't know the real end. So I know the beginning? No, no, no. Well, the beginning of the end. Actually, you might know the beginning as well, but <laughs> <laughs> you may know most of the middle too. But you don't know the very end. Do I know the beginning of the end? Yes, Ooh. you absolutely do. So I was definitely right in that I know the beginning. I, I hazard a guess that as soon as I say the first seven or eight words, you're going to know this tale immediately. Okay. But you're not going to know it all, but we'll see. For we begin our tale today in Barbados. Ooh. For this was the birthplace of today's subject. Yes, Steed Bonnet. It is time. Steed. <laughs> For those... For those unaware... Steed's revenge is currently dead. The battery is dead. It has no power to it. I haven't sold it yet. It's literally sitting on my mother's drive. That's the name of Moonwalker's previous car. Really need to get it sorted out. However, Steed's vengeance is alive and kicking. AKA Steve's overcompensation. That 380 (laughs) brake horsepower beast is Lying around the streets. For those unfamiliar, you can check back to our Blackbeard's Hole, the Ghost of a Pirate Legend episodes 121 and 122, for we have delved into part of Steed's life before. Steed was born to wealthy English parents Sarah and Edward during 1688 on Barbados. Dos. <laughs> the Eastern Caribbean island. Barbados had been taken from indigenous peoples by the Spanish in the late 1400s. Fuck them. F the Spanish. At that time period, at least. <laughs> the Portuguese around 1532. F the Portuguese at that time period. And after being abandoned circa 1620, an English ship called the Olive Blossom arrived on the island in 1625. F the Olive Blossom. In 1627, the first permanent English settlers arrived in Barbados. Steed inherited his more than 400 acre sugar plantation family fortune around 1694, but joined the Barbados army. After achieving the rank of Major, Steed retired and brought an estate to settle down in. 
It's likely that Steed's army posting was somewhat of a formality, as in the military, Steed oversaw local land and interests. There's no documentation to suggest that Steed ever went to battle, for example, in the War of Spanish Succession, or even that Steed went to sea. And it's most likely that Steed's owning of plantations quelled the likelihood of rebellions. Steed's family industry reportedly oversaw 94 enslaved people and helped to keep the order. After retiring, and as expected of a gentleman in the 16 and 1700s, Steed would marry one Mary Allenby in 1709. Steed spent nearly a decade raising a family, including three sons and a daughter, but would come to regret that marriage. Well, fuck Steve for having enslaved people. Yeah, I don't... His I know family... It, I know, um, it's, a, yeah. it's right number of times. I mean, that, that, that doesn't really excuse it, does it? It's nope. shit, absolutely shit. I just don't know whether Steed was the figurehead of... Well, the... The centre of the, yeah, decided yeah. he was going to have. Because obviously we know a little bit about where Steve heads next, and it Steve. isn't necessarily overseeing. I thought you called him Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think he'd regret that marriage? Maybe she was a gold digger. <laughs> she wasn't looking for no broke. broke. <laughs> Steed was in need. Mm. Steed had an itch that Mary couldn't scratch yeah maybe she took him for all his money maybe she maybe, maybe. sold his estate off once he'd gone out to sea yeah well sino the times or maybe she gave him the itch <laughs> that she couldn't scratch well let's get into it shall we it's said that Steed experienced some discomforts in the married state. <laughs> I have it on good faith that Steed's wife would continually leave the toilet seat up. She spoiled the ending to the sixth sense, she farted at the dinner table, and she didn't think that mango was orange coloured. I jest, but the leading theory from Oldham Records is that Steed literally just got fed up of his wife's nagging. That's it. He's just, he's just had enough. How old was he when he married her? Ah, oh, shite. Did I not say? Because I don't know if it would be such a thing then, but thinking now, how you react to things as a youth, one of the youths compared yeah. to now mm -hmm. is so different. So he was 21, I believe. Around 20 to 22. <laughs> I'd have got irritated with so much. I, Decisions are made on a whim yep. at that age. And I couldn't care less. But like, now we're done. Peace. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm not. Nope. I remember um, <laughs> at a time I was given an ultimatum. I would deliberately go against the ultimatum because it was given to me. Like, Fuck you. I am out. I got niche. You. I don't respect your authority. Scratch. Steed, a man who had it all love, allegedly, truthfully, money, the respect of his neighbours, 
a shiny first edition Charizard. Ooh, land. Doggy. He had it all, but Steed snapped and made a decision to leave home and become a pirate despite never having sailed a day in his life. He had everything but adventure. There was no risk in his life. Everything was handed to him. Mm, maybe he, you nail on the head. He wanted that d -d 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 danger. Hey, Watch Bo yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we went in two very different directions there. <laughs> you went mystical, I went electric six. <laughs> Legal records, as reported by archaeologists of the North Carolina Maritime Museum, David Moore, do also indicate that around 1717, Steed borrowed around £1,700, which today is more than $400,000. So it's possible what came next was due to a lot of stress going on in Steed's life, unless Steed borrowed that money for what he did, of course. One of Steed's children, Allenby, had also passed away in 1715, so there was definitely a lot for Steed to deal with. On top of all of this, Steed allegedly supported James Stuart, the old pretender, as King of England over the German George I. Catholics had been excluded from the throne, meaning that Queen Anne was succeeded by German-speaking George as her closest living Protestant relative, but James was English and attempted to claim the throne unsuccessfully during 1715. That's a lot of political and personal shit going on. Some historians do theorise too on whether Steve was actually gay and wanted to live his life freely, which he could do at sea. Steed would pirate regardless, of course. And of course. Hmm. Who did Steed borrow this money from? Was it from the bank or from a particular person indeed? Was it a loan shark? Uh, Is that why he went out to pirate? Because he knew that that person was too shit scared to be out on sea? A money lender. So a loan shark. A shark well, I guess, scared of the water. Do you know what? In these times... Land shark. Everyone who lent money was a loan shark, really. Because it wasn't regulated like... Well, not that loan sharks are regulated, but financial arenas weren't regulated as they are today. If you didn't meet your debts, you were buggered. That is true. If Steed didn't pay his debts, they might have popped a Steed on the heed. So, his wife's nagging. He's got all this stuff going on in the background. Yeah. Um, Owes money. Unsettled politically and religiously, potentially. And take it this is meant to be historians theorise on whether Steed was actually gay? Yeah. Not Steve? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Autocorrect. Constantly changes <laughs> Steed to Steve. Absolute battle trying to write research notes on this episode. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure Steve hadn't just popped up out of nowhere. Most pirates steal their first ship or captain a second ship of their pirate lord not Steed. Being a gentleman, Steed purchased his sloop legally in December 1716. Its name? The Revenge. Indeed, The Revenge. Woo! Steed is not known to have had any 
enemies. <laughs> Any enemies to seek revenge against, by the way. But if you're trying to be a pirate... Sounds cool. ...is a piratey name. Steed fitted the ship with ten cannons, and rather than recruiting on a share of future plunder... Steed employed a crew of more than 70 would-be pirates attracted from the taverns of Bridgetown Barbados, paying them out of his own pocket rather than promising regular shares of that booty, as most pirates would do. I would just like to uh, interject here. Mm -hmm. Bridgetown is where my family are from. Hey! The pirate of my blood. Yar. Whilst all this planning was taking place, Steed told the locals he was planning to work up trade with neighbouring islands. Then, without warning, or so much as a goodbye bang with his wife, Steed vanished, leaving little Edward, Steed and Mary behind, all at less than five years of age. Once prepared, Steed set sail for Virginia, an area of heavy commerce. It turns out that Steed may actually have been quite successful to begin with, having taken the Anne of Glasgow, the Endeavour of Bristol, the Young from Leeds, and the Turbs of or Turbot from Barbados. All ships were plundered, and the crew mostly released to be picked up by later passing ships, except for the Turbot, which was burned, possibly because they may have known Steed. In fact, it appears that Steed torched every Barbados ship that he ever encountered. Steed headed to New York to release some captives and sell his booty with no questions asked, taking two more ships on the way. Steed then took two further ships in the Carolinas, stripping one but the other was from Barbados. Steed took that Barbados sloop to an inlet off North Carolina, using it to clean the Revenger's hull and stripping it for wood before burning the remains. Steed had had a good start to his pirate career, although truth be told, Steed relied heavily upon his paid crew and their knowledge of the seas and spent much of his time in his quarters reading books, whilst others, mainly the quartermaster, did the typical captain duties. Ah, uh, so he was the captain behind the captain. What, what we're saying here is if this captain decided, fuck Steed, we're going to be pirates, we're going to loot all this booty and like split it like normal pirates, they could have probably made more money. The fact that Steed was paying them depending on what he was paying them. He might have been paying his second in command more than everyone else to keep him Probably. on side. Yeah. So uh, you could say he was living on borrowed time for <laughs> a mutiny. I'm decapted now. Arguable. I just... Steed is obviously... He's got a bit of a reputation, bless him, today. I wonder how he was perceived by potential pirates when he was trying to recruit... Whether they saw and him as an easy ride, they were illegitimate like, Holy shit. pirate, pirate, and illegitimate pirate. <laughs> Callback. Perhaps, perhaps. I mean, the idea of a reliable wage as a pirate is is pretty attractive potentially. I suppose it depends on if you're talking about those that were under his 
overall command mm-hmm. or other pirates looking in? Both. Wage is a wage. You're getting paid regularly when others yeah. might not ever get success. Some might have not even bothered. Just like me. Well, you most pirates. That way? You want to do it that way? It's fine. The treasure would be shared. If a pirate crew wasn't successful, they weren't getting paid. Whereas these folks, they're getting paid regardless. Kind of a. Don't you bring your new age thinking round here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that could that could encourage either loyalty or laziness. Mm-hmm. Also, it would uh, if you're getting paid regardless, but you seem to be constantly plundering really good ships and getting a lot of booty. Yeah, that might start to turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hold on. You're only paying me this, whereas actually we're making we're a whole m- lot more. We're missing out on six or seven S- times. Deed could be incredibly what? stupid or incredibly smart, depending on his success. He's taken a punt, really, hasn't he? At a, as a pirate, which would you prefer? The easy time? <laughs> I, getting... think, I think I'd actually go the other way. And... I mean, uh, a portion of the booty. As a captain, I'd probably prefer the other way. Because I think a portion of the booty would make me more inclined to fight. And mm-hmm. I'd yeah. have more fun as a pirate. Whereas I think, like you said, it would um, just breed laziness. And you'd see a small, That's what I want. You'd see a small <laughs> ship and you'd just be like... You folks go out and have the battles. I'll just, um, oh, um, watch the quarters. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> Getting paid the same as you to do nothing. Exactly. Which could then breed um, discontent amongst everyone else. Because then others looking mm-hmm. at people that aren't doing jobs or aren't doing this, aren't doing that. They could be getting paid more because they're doing one thing or the other. Whereas if you're just splitting the booty, it's equals. Split everyone pulls in. Yeah. I don't disagree. I'm booty split. (laughs) Next, nearly six months into his pirate life, Steed headed for pirate capital Nassau in September 1717. On the way, Steed encountered a merchant ship and approached this ship for an easy win. It turned out, though, that this was no merchant ship. It was a Spanish Man o' War. Man o' War! The Revenge was badly damaged and barely escaped with many of the crew being killed. Meanwhile, Steed himself was seriously wounded. The ship basically farted into Nassau. By this point, many of the crew had twigged that Steed didn't know what he was doing and just diverted to the commands of his senior crew. And this combined with Steed's insistence on attacking a Spanish warship, led the crew to lose faith in Steed. It was in Nassau that a certain pirate named Blackbeard feasted his eyes on the sorry state drifting into Nassau, needing repairs and couldn't believe his luck. Steed's revenge was fitted with more guns, 12, as Steed agreed to give Blackbeard control of Revenge, a ship more capable than Blackbeard's, but which Steed lacked the knowledge and charisma to captain. We've covered much of the next course of events on episodes 121 and 132 of But It Was Aliens, as we said when I probed Blackbeard's hole. (sighs) 
I suppose it was his lack of not. Was it? Uh, I don't suppose actually, but was it his lack of knowledge that led him to attack the Man of War? In terms of, he had no idea what it was capable of. Well, a lack of knowledge, overconfidence. Or that's what I mean. Or just the fact that he was so overconfident, he thought his ship would be able to handle it anyway. Mm-hmm. Either way, he effed up. F right up. Together with Blackbeard, Steed would see success along the East Coast as they success. took merchant ship after merchant ship. Eleven were plundered off Delaware Bay. On the 29th of September, the Revenge plundered a sloop called Betty. That was yesterday. On the 12th of October 1717, Captain Cod's ship was taken and Captain Cod... Captain Cod would describe Steed. Steed was walking the deck in his nightshirt, lacking any command and still unwell from his wounds. Next up, the Revenge plundered Spofford and Sea Nymph. On the 22nd of October 1717, the Robert and Good Intent were plundered. This was a prolific period. The Revenge then returned to the Caribbean in November, where success continued. On the 17th of November 1717, a large ship named Concord was attacked by two ships, which the captain described as one having 12 guns and 120 men, and the other having 8 guns and 30 men. Steed! The Concord fought back but ultimately lost. As we know, this ship was sailed to the Grenadines where it was transformed into Blackbeard's famous flagship, Queen Anne's Revenge. Eventually, during December 1717, Steed and Blackbeard would part ways. You could argue that now that Blackbeard had a better boat, he didn't need Steed and his revenge. Maybe Blackbeard got fed up of Steed. Or maybe Steed had learnt enough to go out on his own. We don't really know. What we do know is that all was quiet on the Steed front for a couple of months until March 1718, where Steed went after a ship named the Protestant Caesar. Steed failed and many of his crew were done. Very shortly after, the Revenge would pass Queen Anne's Revenge once more and most of Steed's crew deserted Steed to join Blackbeard. Steed himself would end up back on Blackbeard's Queen Anne's Revenge as a guest, much to his former crew's surprise, whilst Blackbeard's man, Lieutenant Richards, took command of the Revenge. Steed confided in those few loyal crew members he had left that he was ready to give piracy up if Spain or Portugal would have him. Blackbeard went after Protestant Caesar and had it burned either because it was from Boston, an area that had targeted pirates, or because it got the better of Blackbeard's boy, Steed. We can't be sure. Oh, we can't. Did he go after the ship that conquered his interest, shall we say? Now, if... He went after it because it was from Boston. Mm -hmm. Was he clever enough to tell Steed that he went after it because it targeted 
He's got the power <laughs> of steed. Keeping steed on side. Mm. Interesting. I don't know the answer, but interesting theory. There's a lot of boats around to be plundered, isn't there? At this time. Well, you, there weren't any aeroplanes, were there? There wasn't. There weren't any nothing there, weren't. Can you imagine you're just walking along and all of a sudden a cannon hits us like imagine the cannon doesn't hit the boat but hits you it oh. misses the boat <laughs> and just hits you well shit that's a bad day <laughs> or you're asleep and then you just get targeted by cannon fire that must be horrendous i mean we might get into something a bit similar to that a bit later <laughs> <laughs> Whilst Richards was commanding the revenge, Jamaican sloop, the Adventure, was captured with Israel Hands placed as captain of the Adventure. Israel. Along with a Spanish vessel, making it four ships in Blackbeard's fleet around this time. The group pirated from Honduras and Havana to the Bahamas. Next, the fleet hit South Carolina, and this is where Blackbeard Beard blockaded Charlestown for about six days, allegedly, for dick medicine and supplies. We covered this in a lot of detail in those episodes 121 and 122, as I said earlier. Mercury. <laughs> Indeed, let's not talk about that because it's grim. After this significant event, everybody knew the name of Blackbeard. The heat would be on, so the fleet headed towards Topsail Island. Blackbeard planned to seek the royal pardon from North Carolina Governor Charles Eden, and Steed agreed to go in first to test the waters. On the way there, Queen Anne's Revenge ran aground and sunk. It's not clear if this was an accident or, more likely, if Blackbeard planned this because everybody knew that ship and Blackbeard had a plan. Steed saw the governor and successfully acquired permission to seek a privateering license to attack Spanish shipping around St. Thomas, which was planned to be Steed's next destination. When Steed returned to the other ships, the revenge was stripped and the adventure sunk and Steed's loyal crew marooned. The other sloop was nowhere to be seen. Blackbeard did Steed dirty and was gone. Blackbeard had actually turned up to see Governor Eden one day after Steed had left. They nearly crossed paths. <laughs> um, see? Blackbeard sent Steed in as his guinea pig. Keeping Steed on side. To ultimately dick him. Oh, I've done this for you. Now you go do something for me. Yeah. I'll show you how to be a pirate. I'll show you what to do. I'll give you all this plunder. You go You go in and check the waters because they know me and they don't know you. You can test everything that I wish to test. You test it first. If it works, I'm in. You're really good. You know how to talk to these people. You'll be better than me. You're a great pirate. Pirate Steed. Mm-hmm. Steed gathered up the remaining beached crew and also those marooned by Blackbeard on a nearby island and vowed revenge. Steed would search, going where he heard rumours of Blackbeard, but Steed would never see Blackbeard again. 
There was a complicating factor in Steed's abiding by the recently granted pardon. One, Blackbeard had stolen all of Steed's food and provisions. Two, it was hurricane season on St. Thomas. Steed returned to piracy. But Steed was clever, you see. For to evade detection, Steed begun going by the name Captain Thomas. Steed also renamed his boat the Royal James. He changed the name and moved on. Nobody knew. <laughs> At first, Steed pretended that he was trading with vessels he captured. I'm going to take all your shit, but I give you this empty bottle kind of thing. Soon this ceased and Steed flat out pirated. During this period, Steed would finally begin carving out his own deadly pirate name through abusing his men and torturing and killing his prisoners. He went full pirate. He went full Blackbeard. <laughs> it's said that Steed was the only pirate who legitimately made his captives walk the plank. Steed took another 11 vessels during this period, taking many prisoners along the way. Steed usually stripped and released the ships he captured, but Sloops Francis and Fortune became part of Steed's new fleet. The Sloops struggled to keep up with Steed, and Steed threatened to sink his own boats. For the first time, Steed also divided earnings amongst the crew rather than employing them. He's learning. Mm. You could say Blackbeard made him possibly yeah. one of the most feared pirates of all time. When the word spread about the gentleman pirate, the governor of South Carolina, Robert Johnson, commissioned Colonel Colonel William Rett to hunt Steed down, amongst others. The primary target was actually pirate legend Charles Vane, but Vane eluded Rhett. At this time, Steed had entered the beginnings of North Carolina's Cape Fear River. The Revenge, aka Royal James, was a bit battered and taking on water. Once anchored, a small ship passed, which Steed took and broke down to repair the Royal James. Bonnet reportedly intended to wait out hurricane season there in a place called Bonnet's Creek. On the 26th of September 1718, Rhett arrived at Cape Fear River with two eight-gun sloops, the Sea Nymph and the Henry. Steed thought that these were merchant ships again and sent three canoes over to attack the 130-strong military crew. The flagship Henry had actually run aground, so the canoes got rather close before realising what they were about to attack, turned around and pegged it. By this time, the sun had set, and you know what that means? Rising tide. The Henry rose free. Steed brought all 46 of his crew aboard the Royal James, planning to valiantly fight his way to sea rather than flee down the river. At daybreak, on the 27th of September 1718, Bonnet sailed straight at the ships and Rhett opened fire. The Battle of Cape Fear River begun. Damn, son. So, after being screwed over by Blackbeard, he was like, he snapped. Mm-hmm. One-track like, mind wanted Blackbeard. He was like, you know what? 
All this nicey nicey shit has got me uh, nowhere. All it's done is get me fucked over. So he was like, fuck it. He went dark steed. He went rogue. Yeah. Rogue steed. Mm hmm. Absolutely. But he consistently makes poor decisions. Not, yeah, of course. Any ship he sees, he thinks it's a merchant ship and attacks. I suppose if he's looking, is it more so that he thinks they're merchant ships or these ships have expertly disguised themselves as merchant ships? Well, even either way, he still made a rash decision rather than checking it out. True. Two of Rhett's sloops split up to trap Steed. Steed sailed close to the river's edge to escape, but ran his Royal James aground. The sloops too ran aground, leaving only the Henry active. In range, there was a five or so hour stalemate as musket shots were fired. Twelve of Steed's men were killed and ten of Rhett's were killed, along with fourteen of Rhett's men being injured. Steed's men enthusiastically encouraged Rhett's men to board. Steed patrolled his deck, pistol in hand, threatening to kill any pirate who pussied out. He's gone full pirate captain mm-hmm. now. He's gone Steed Beard. He's gone, um, Barbosa. As the tide began rising again, Rhett's ships freed, but Steed remained stranded. Steed watched helplessly as his opponents repaired their boats and advanced. Outnumbered three to one, Steed ordered his gunner to torch the Royal James's gunpowder. George Ross, however, was overruled by the remaining crew who surrendered. Rhett returned to Charlestown with his new pirate prisoners on October the 3rd, 1718. Despite his men being held in the dungeons beneath, Charleston's old provost. Steed was held as guest of the provost sheriff Nathaniel Partridge alongside Steed's crew David Herriot and Ignatius Pell. Perhaps related, perhaps not, but Partridge and Steed were members of the same church back in Barbados. The decision to house Steed separately was probably more related to the desire to keep Steed away from his crew to prevent elaborate escape plans and cover up theories from being developed before their trial. Despite that, there would indeed be a plan. An elaborate plan. On the 24th of October 1718, Steed and Harriet disappeared. God damn. Steed has gone from pussy to pirate. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about the where they disappeared? I'm wondering how. Like, were they helped? Although they had, um, although they were guests of the sheriff, did they have free reign to go where they wanted? Or were they, like, your guests, but you're locked in this it's, room. Yeah, it's hard to say for definite. I think it would be fair to speculate that they were supervised. And still managed to get away. Inside job. Do you reckon Steed was a charmer? Or Harriet? I, yeah, and, I, I think Steed was, ooh. because Steed had quite a um, well-to-do background, obviously, as the gentleman. 
and if Steed was inclined as some theorize maybe he um, spoke to some of his captors and got them to look the other way promise some things there could have been some bribery there could have been some former loyalty Tickled there could have balls. been some manipulation there could have been some sucking off yeah who knows got himself a way out yeah so you're going for ball tickling as your main theory here 100% it's said that to escape... He tickled some balls. <laughs> he tickled some major ballage. Steed cunningly donned the outfit of a female of the time and snuck by unseen. Didn't see that coming, did you, sir? No. Steed and Harriet were accompanied by an enslaved person and a Native American and made for the shores of Charlestown Harbour, having been provided with arms and canoes allegedly by Richard Tuckerman, a trader and smuggler who owned the canoes. En route, the winds forced the group onto Sullivan's Island. Rhett was again sent to hunt for Steed, and indeed found Steed once again. <laughs> Harriet was shot dead, Damn. the two others injured, and Steed captured once more, Steed cannot get away from this man. During Steed's second capture, an uprising actually took place, but Steed remained a prisoner. On November the 10th, 1718, Steed to tr- stood trial in front of Sir Nicholas Trot. Trot had already presided over the trials of Steed's crew while Steed was on the run. Most hung. During the trial, the captains of the Francis and the Fortune were present to testify, and Steed was therefore charged with two counts of piracy. Ignatius had also turned on Steed during his own trial, though also claimed that the quartermaster had more power over the crew than Steed. During the trial, Steed represented himself and questioned the witnesses. Steed claimed that the crew acted against his will. It didn't really help Steed's case that he was known to have flogged two members of his crew, a punishment many crews wouldn't accept unless respecting of their captain. Two days later, Trot sentenced Steed to death. Hmm. Was representing himself another bad decision? I mean, who's really going to represent a pirate in this situation? Well, I guess that people had to. I don't know. But... Can you be unrepresented in the 1700s? What I do question is whether he was clever. Mm Mm-hmm. He had one of them turn and say that the quartermaster had more power than him. Yep. So why didn't you lean into that and say... I was just there. I was funding. They were the pirates. I was just there like as the figurehead. Yeah. The... They they made me and they, they needed my money, so they made me do it all. Mm-hmm. They made me back them and held me captive on the ship. Ask anyone. No one respected me. I was just there. If I'm this so-called captain that everyone thinks I am, I should have respect of this entire crew. But if the quartermaster has more respect than the captain... Am I really the captain? So, (laughs) Steed repeatedly wrote letters literally begging for his life to be spared. 
When those were declined, Steed offered to have his arm cut off so that he could no longer pirate in exchange for his life. Be a one-armed pirate, son. When that was declined, Steed offered his leg. Steed's begging resulted in the town beginning to pity Steed, and so it was written, particularly the ladies. Oh, Steed. Papers reported that Steed's execution was repeatedly delayed. Eventually, on December the 10th, 1718, our hero Steed was taken to the gallows at White Point Gardens on Charlestown Harbour. Steed was escorted this time by many soldiers. He wasn't escaping. Peculiarly, the group were followed by a young girl holding a a bouquet of flowers. After arriving at the site, as the noose was tied around Steed's neck, as the soldiers watched on, the girl silently approached Steed and handed him the bouquet... (laughs) The frickin' flowers. (laughs) Bouquet. There you go. The bouquet. (laughs) The bunch of flowers. (laughs) 29 other pirates too were taken to the gallows on this day. All 30 were hung. Did they get bouquets? No. Just Steed. The pirate bodies were left to flap about in the breeze for four days to deter any pirate crossing the Charlestown Harbour. Pirates didn't just use the harbour though, for pirates would often row up Vanderhorst's Creek to go somewhat more unseen. To deter these sneaky pirates too, the bodies, including Steed's, were cut down and thrown into the creek which ran from the beginning of the Cooper River toward Meeting Street. Any passing pirate would see this horrific shallow grave, the final resting place of gentleman pirate Steed. Bonnet. So the bonnet ended with a bouquet? Yes, a bunch of flowers. <laughs> Ooh, that is not how I expected it to end. Didn't end well for Mr. Steed. No, it really didn't. Really, really didn't. Grizzly death, you could say. Why do you think um, the girl gave him flowers? Yeah, I was just I was just wondering, was this little girl just random? Yeah. Like People weren't generally allowed to approach people in these situations. Then why was she allowed? That's a phenomenal question, sir. Was she a ghost little girl? Was she a daughter of one of the mothers that had um, taken a shining to old Steed? I really couldn't say. Weird. I'm quite surprised. When you watch, like, pirate films or... Mm -hmm. Anything like that, and you see the bodies of pirates hanging mm-hmm. in the wind. For example, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, where Sparrow sees the pirates, he takes his hat off. Yep. Not his hat. Yep, salute. Um, I suppose pirates aren't really out for revenge in that way, are, you? are they? But I'm also surprised that a group of pirates don't sail into the town and just ransack it. I think towns were for that reason more well protected, whereas boats on the seas were easier in some senses to attack. If towns were fortified, then you're kind of signing your own death warrant if you try and storm. 
looks a lot easier in the movies than it is in real life, I think. A hundred percent, unless you're ghost pirates. And also, one less pirate means more booty to plunder for yourself. True. Greed goes a long way. Over time, the world has changed. Vanderhorst's Creek has since been filled in and has become Water Street, but Steed's spirit lingers on. Yes, yes, my friend. In the location where Steed hung, the very place, the ghosts of pirates can be seen still hanging from the oak trees at White Point Gardens. By pirates, I mean Steed! I don't want to spend too long on this because we've gone long. Steed isn't caught on camera much, but Mr. Moonwalker quickly checked this photo of the oak trees around the spot we are referring to. I've taken the liberty of zooming in on this image for Granville, as when you zoom in, you can make out a distorted, pained and almost witch-like face hanging from a tree, screaming without a body. There's actually a headstone for Steed here, which I'll show you at the end of the research notes, Mr. Moonwalker. But in in essence, Steed lingers on. Okay. So what I see here is... Uh, what are these called? The head? No. The kind of thing with all the pillars and the... Oh, the plimps that go up onto a roof holding it over. Gosh. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. That's really annoying. It's a really obvious word. But I'm looking at some trees and I cannot see the pained face that he's talking about. Shut up! <laughs> um, if anything, I can see an evil bunny. You can't see, like, the scream face? No. see an evil bunny. Mr. Moonwalker's mind clearly isn't sensitive to such things. I'm literally looking at bunny ears. <laughs> Ghost bunny? I'll take it. I'm going to turn my laptop to sh show you what I mean. But that bit going up there mm -hmm. is the long ear. That bit's the flat deer. And then if you look, there's two eye sockets and it looks like two bunny teeth. Okay. The, so you see... The spirit's head is like a quarter of that size. Okay, I'm not seeing that, but you see the bunny ears, right? You see what I'm talking about? I, I can see what you mean, but that doesn't look like a bunny to me. Because I've circled right around the head is pretty much in the centre of that circle. And because I'm focused on that, that's all I can see, really. Yeah, can't see it, I'm afraid. Pretend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see it there! <laughs> right next to the evil bunny. What I do see is a pained face next to it, though. I'll take it. Well, not next to it, but up there in the trees. There. I can see what you're talking about there, and I hadn't actually noticed that one. There's two in this image. <laughs> two pirates hanging from the trees, see? A bunny and a pain tree. If you stand at the foot of Water Street and look out to the waters of the Cooper River under a full moon, you can see the faces of all of the dead pirates just below the waterline. I love the stipulations to these things. <laughs> It must be a full moon at 8.15 on a Thursday. It's when the spirits are at their strongest. And you must be wearing one shoe and no socks. 
<laughs> More specifically, Steed Bonnet himself continues to haunt Water Street to this very day in the spot his body was thrown. I've also seen accounts of people hearing Steed's wailing, fearing, resisting passing over to the other side. Do you think that's because he's scared of meeting back up with his wife? <laughs> he doesn't want to hear the nagging. <laughs> she could still be alive, though. I mean... Oh, not today. Not today. <laughs> but, I mean, if he's been resisting that whole time... What if he... Or, or the resistance is his will. He's so headstrong on finding... Blackbeard, mm. he doesn't want to pass over. Even in the spirit world, he's mm -hmm. still looking for him. He doesn't know that he's dead. And oh. He thinks Blackbeard's still out there. This is him. But he's tethered to this spot, so he can't, yeah. he's like, why can't I leave? That is it. I had another thought. We discussed um, several times two ideas on ghosts. One, they're tethered to the place something significant happened in their lives. Two... They're tethered to where they want to be. What if Steed is tethered to, to where body. he died and Steed's wife is tethered to Steed so he can't escape the nagging? <laughs> Can you imagine if she's not even nagging? She might not have been. That might just be his perception. Yeah. yeah. He just wants to do stupid shit because he makes bad decisions and she's telling him she ma she's he giving makes it to him real. terrible decisions. Mm -hmm. Your old family member? You said it. I said possibly. <laughs> to be fair, jokes aside, you could be. Who knows? Most people are related to most people these days. Like, if you go back far enough. I have made some stupid decisions in my time. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of information today. So in a lengthy brief summary, we've covered the life, death and afterlife of gentleman pirate Steed Bonnet. Steed inherited 400 acres of land and was pretty well off with a wife and four children but after a child passed away and with that wife allegedly nagging, Steed deserted his family and brought a pirate ship which he named Revenge. Steed also employed a crew rather than following the typical pirate practice of promising to share booty with a life of freedom on the seas. Steed headed for Virginia and targeted the shipping commerce there with initial success. Steed usually left strip ships and crew, but when encountering ships from Barbados, Steed burned them down. In September 1717, less than six months into his pirate life, Steed headed for pirate capital Nassau. En route, Steed encountered a Spanish ship and attacked, taking a heavy loss and nearly dying in the process. The Revenge barely survived, and many of Steed's crew were not so lucky. The Revenge drifted into Nassau in complete disrepair. In Nassau, legendary pirate Blackbeard saw Steed's disheartened crew and took over Steed's revenge, convincing Steed to let Blackbeard show Steed how to pirate properly, how to do it. Together, Blackbeard and Steed would plunder ships in the double figures, striking fear into those who sailed the seas. 
Some witnesses from these attacks on the east coast of America reported seeing Steed wandering the decks in his nightshirt, lacking any command. In December 1717, Steed and Blackbeard would part ways. Come March 1718, Steed was steeding and failed to take a ship called the Protestant Caesar. Blackbeard would come across Steed shortly after and team up once more, with Blackbeard's man Richards taking on command of Steed's Revenge, which is still the name of Granville's ex-car. Steed was now a guest on Queen Anne's Revenge, stripped of command completely, but Blackbeard kept Steed around, much to the surprise of the crew. Steed and Blackbeard plundered many a ship and increased the size of their flotilla before blockading Charlestown in May 1718. After this, Blackbeard ran the Queen Anne's Revenge aground and damaged the adventure attempting to save it. Steed was sent on to see North Carolina Governor Charles Eden in Bathtown, and Steed was granted his royal pardon. When Steed returned, Blackbeard had stripped the Revenge and the adventure was sunk whilst the other sloop was missing, along with Blackbeard and crew. Steed gathered up his nearby crew and some further crew members marooned on an island nearby and chased Blackbeard for the rest of his life, never finding him. Unfulfilled. Do you reckon that whole time Blackbeard's just chilling, not yeah. knowing this is coming? Absolutely, like Steed's completely after him. clueless. <laughs> Oblivious to the fact Steed's after him the whole time. I reckon he'd um, gathered that Steed would be caught pretty quickly. He must have known Steed's awful decision making. Mm -hmm. Steed quickly returned to piracy, perhaps because Blackbeard had stripped all supplies, or perhaps because it was simply the pirate's life for Steed. Steed saw more success taking about 11 boats whilst Colonel Colonel William Rett was commissioned to hunt Steed. Steed was at this time around Cape Fear River and Rett caught up to Steed. On the 27th of September 1718, the Battle of Cape Fear River ensued. Ultimately, Rett captured Steed. In total, it appears that Steed seized 53 ships during his pirate career, but he is perhaps better remembered for nearly being killed, losing in battle and losing command of his ship during his first year as a pirate, before being taken over by Blackbeard, double-crossed by Blackbeard and then getting caught whilst hunting for Blackbeard. Steed, however, did have his own memorable moments, such as allegedly dressing as a lady to escape from captivity before being recaptured on Sullivan's Island. Steed wouldn't be so lucky next time and was hung on the 10th of December 1718, not much more than a year after his pirate career begun. Steed did have three children, however, and Moonwalker may carry this bloodline. Much of what we know comes from transcripts from Steed's trial, which brings us to Steed's ghost. Steed's ghost can be seen in the location Steed was executed, swinging from the oak trees and screaming. Steed's ghost also loiters around Water Street, where Steed's body was coldly dumped. That is it. Is there anything you want to go back over before we conclude, Mr. Moonwalker? Not anything other than the fact that I just think it's hilarious that Blackbeard just continued on without <laughs> even battering an eyelid that yeah. Steed was like trying to cap like follow him and get to him. Mm -hmm. Like he went about his business, we kind of covered what happened to Blackbeard, but that whole time 
Steed was like, Revenge, I'm gonna get you, Blackbeard. And Blackbeard was like, La 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 la. Ooh, pirate ship. Oh, I'm gonna take that. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's rumored that Steed and Blackbeard had a romantic relationship. Obviously, that is a primary for driving force within the um, TV show Our Flag Means Death that's come out in the last year or two. Not heard of it. I was going to say it stars Steve Bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy called? Taika Wahiti or Rikiti or something? Oh, really? Plays Backbeard and um, Reese Darby plays Steve Bonnet. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, it's all right. Yeah, me and Beck really enjoyed it. I think we might have been watched it on something like iPlayer. God damn. Know. Yeah, because I'd heard about it after we covered the Blackbeard episode that it was coming out and looked for it and it was never on anything. Then I think, yeah, it's one of those random ones, not like Netflix or Disney. Okay. But yeah, there's not really any evidence to support or to prove otherwise in terms of their connection. It's just unusual that Blackbeard targeted those who Steed was unsuccessful against. So why? Why? And it's known, obviously, that many pirates did dilly-dally on the seas because they were lonely and needed a good time, etc, etc. One more thing I thought of before we do conclude. Why was he targeting, like, he saw ships, he was generally alright about it, he plundered them, but then he sent them on their way, he didn't kill them. But he absolutely murked anyone from Barbados. Do you think that was to cover his identity or did he have yeah, a hatred? You did, did he hate his former that. life? Yeah. I suppose it depends on how he left, doesn't it? If He just vanished. Did he just up and leave and then yeah. just doesn't want people to know he's still alive? Literally so just one day his wife woke up and he wasn't there. Just he was burns gone. every ship that's like to do. Sees absolute red mist and destroys um, them. It could be a really weird thing that if he's just up and vanished... The land and stuff that he owns stays in his wife's possession. Mm. Therefore, burning everything or everything to do with Barbados saying that he's still alive. Mm -hmm. It reverts, but I I really don't know. Yeah, there could be some sort of loophole. We've heard that in other cases before, haven't we? Like the guy who had all the bricks laid on him and whatnot and wouldn't confess because it meant his family would keep. Yeah in the witch trials but yeah that is it so are you saying that it was spookies are you saying that it was steedies um it's actually really good to hear what happened to steed in the end and quite Mm -hmm. oddly funny the fact that he was chasing down blackbeard and blackbeard had no (laughs) idea but it was out doing blackbeard things do i believe that his ghost is still there to this day no I really don't. I think that's just a story that's gone with time. There's no credence to it. Brings tourism to the area, potentially. Absolutely. Yeah, to be honest, this one was mainly an excuse just to cover Steed again. I mean, if you're in an area where there's lots of rocks and hollow kind of things and you're by the sea, mm-hmm. a lot of wind is going to sound different as it goes through rocks. So, yeah. No, I do not believe that. Wailing whistle. Yep. Steed's ghost is there. No. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's spooky's ear, yeah. E- what? Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> not spooky's ear. <laughs> but yeah, my gosh, I do love a pirate story. 
Steed lived a really interesting life and probably gets a bit of a bad reputation for being shit when actually, eventually, he kind of grew into the role, didn't he? I mean, sure, he got caught pretty quickly following a very silly decision, but still, he did capture a fair few ships. I also think that it's entirely plausible that Steed is still around. The man begged for his life so, so, so hard. Steed clearly didn't want to leave, and maybe he didn't. I mean, obviously I'm completely bullshit and I don't think it's Spookies, but you never know. You never know. Never know. So, is there anything you want to mention before we close out? My car is as dead as Steed. Your old car. Steed's revenge, yes. Not Steed's overcompensation. Steed's vengeance is alive <laughs> and kicking, son. Folks, you, you know what it's called, really. Overcompensation. I just like to go very, very fast. Overcompensation. And I like to hear the rumble from the exhaust. Uh huh. That is a. You say overcompensation. Fuck off. You'd have it if you were allowed to have it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just not allowed it. <laughs> that is a wrap for today. Move on, move on. <laughs> Thank you for listening to. But it was aliens. Let's close out, close out, close out. <laughs> As always, when we cover pirates, I've indulged a little here. And if you want to hear us indulge some more, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash but it was aliens, where we complete a monthly probe into paranormal events to Gervy for the general public. You can get your hands around this for the cost of a coffee. Uh, 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 don't open your mouth, Granville. If you have suggestions for future episode topics, you can hit us up on the X Twitter at oh, no, Twitter at but it was aliens now that, known as X that is it from us this episode so until next time when you finish an audiobook have you read it the truth is up there hashtag I have finished many an audiobook and never read it